Literary Carrie. I couldn't hold my little <laughs> chuckle in because I just love when you sing our theme song. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Literary Carrie again. Cat, as always, a wonderful welcome into a new episode. I love it. I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> um, today, we are talking about nonfiction. Uh, we've talked about romance. Um, we've talked about fantasy. We've talked about a lot of different things, but we haven't really delved in specifically to nonfiction, which is a very broad term. Um, so Kat, do you have a definition for us to help narrow us? I do indeed. Um, so nonfiction is any document or media content that intends in good faith to present only truth and accuracy regarding information, events, or people. Um, that is kind of broad, but nonfiction is also super broad um, because it covers biographies, memoirs, uh, cookbooks, health and wellness, uh, how-to, like craft manuals, travel, religion, history, self-help, science, and even like humor can be put into that um, genre. There are some of those books that you just said that I didn't even think of when I was thinking nonfiction cookbooks, right? <laughs> I don't use cookbooks. I don't really cook that much. <laughs> so I forget that that is like a whole area of book related content and stuff that I, that is uh, included in nonfiction. Although I do gift a lot of cookbooks to people. It is a good, good gift. I just started eating chicken. And so Kenny actually gifted me like the ki the chicken Bible, I believe it's called. It's huge, but it's like for someone who hasn't eaten it for like two decades, like it breaks it down of like what each part is, what like different ways to use it. And like, it's actually really fascinating for like someone who's never had to cook it for themselves before. I just picture like pictures of chicken parts. Oh, oh. yeah. It's everything. <laughs> It's everything. The chicken Bible. <laughs> uh, next time I'm at your house, I have to see this. Oh, yeah. It is, it is dense. It <laughs> is like honestly a brick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, would we include like magazine? Are like magazines even like, I don't know. Like there's, I think of like National Geographic and stuff like that, which oh, yeah. are like. Or like the New Yorker. Yeah. Very. They have like the think pieces and. Right. A lot of science and a lot of really useful information in those magazines too. I love those things. Um, is there an area of nonfiction that you like best? Well, I would definitely have to say memoir, which I think does not come to any surprise. Because <laughs> um, it was funny when I was, when I was talking to Dan that this was our topic today, he was like, you don't read a lot of nonfiction. And I was like, well, I do read a lot of one type of nonfiction. Same. I read a lot of memoirs. <laughs> and the great thing about nonfiction usually, um, not always the case for everyone, but nonfiction makes for really great audiobooks, in my opinion, because, and memoirs in particular, because it's not like there's an overall, like this is my opinion, there's not like an overall plot. There aren't, it's like the characters are important, but they're not like, always um super important to the theme of the book like if you zone out a little bit during nonfiction, i feel like it's not as 
a big deal as like if you were trying to listen to uh, a fantasy, you know, and you miss a major section of the plot and fantasy, uh, you're screwed. It feels like. Whereas nonfiction is a wonderful way to listen to books. Um, And that's how I actually started first reading nonfiction was through the life through Libby Uh, and uh, all those memoirs that (laughs) the library has are just great on audio because especially the author narrates it themselves a lot of the times, which just like it's the best. Yeah. Just like brings it to life, especially if they are like actors in general, like they perform their work and it's just, it leads to a more immersive experience. Yeah. What, what would you, do you have like a top three favorite memoirs? Oh my goodness. Um, so I wrote down some memoirs to recommend. Hmm. I'm trying to see, think if any of these are like all-time top three. Ooh, okay. Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Oh, my God. I forgot to put that on my list. And I feel like it is science. It is like philosophy. Self-help or inspirational, like at the same... like Right. Yeah. And it's like, yes, he's telling his own story. He's also telling... Maury's story so that's a biography it like it falls under so many different topics within nonfiction, but that's one that has like really impacted my life I mean that's why I chose to go back to school I was gonna say isn't that why you wanted to go back into radiology yeah that's- like I I read it and I was like what am I doing to help people like what what is my contribution in the world deep <laughs> <laughs> but honestly Tuesdays with Maury is my probably my number one most recommended nonfiction in one of my most recommended books of all time. I put that on the counter in the staff picks. I saw that the other day all the time at the bookstore and it goes, it really does move actually once I put it there. Um, And it's not intimidating because it's not long and it's very approachable. Yes. But like it, it just blows you away. It reads really quickly, but has a big impact. Ugh. God, about Tuesdays with more. I don't know how. It's one of my favorite books of all time, probably. When did you read it? I read that in 2020. So during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah me too. That was probably like my second or third audiobook through Libby was Tuesdays with Maury. I couldn't believe I hadn't read it yet. Yeah. Ever. And it's really funny because my dad had given me his copy. This is like back in high school. And I just, I never opened it. Like it was there forever but I never opened it and then all of a sudden so finally as I'm reading it I'm like messaging my dad being like oh my god I'm so sorry like I I get it now well and and that's the thing with a lot of nonfiction. I think a lot of us don't gravitate towards nonfiction because it's first of all not as much of an escape of right. reality second of all you feel like what could this person's story do for me. We're completely different. We're we're dip from different parts of the world, of different age, different genders, you know. Right. And that's kind of one of the things that, like, with Tuesdays with Maury, I was always like, what does this old man's story have to do for me? Right. Like, I'm a young woman. Like, how could this ever have a huge impact on me? And it did. <laughs> it does for a lot of people. Um, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Do you have a top top memoir? Um, I know we kind of branched from it, but if we're, I have, yeah, two okay. that are really hard for me to pick one over the other. Cause I like them for very 
different reasons. <laughs> um, first one is Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Yes, yes, yes. Also great audio. Yes. And great movie, too. Oh, yes. I love <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I didn't, honestly, I was obsessed with the movie and then read the book. Uh, audio was great. Um, excuse me. And then that one was kind of like, as soon as I finished reading that one, I was like, I'm going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Right. I'm going to do it. I was like, wow, I need to go outside right now. Mm-hmm. Even as I was reading it, I was constantly like, hey, Dan, you want to go hiking? And he was like, you know, like, I know that you like hiking, but all of a sudden you're really into it. And then he, like, looked at what I was reading and he was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's your inspiration. I mean, whatever works. Yeah. And then, um, and I just thought it was, I just thought, thought it was so well written. Like, really came to life in my brain. And then very different was for or my other favorite for very different reasons is educated by Tara Westover. Oh, yes, yes. That is intense and amazing. And I read that in one day. I believe it. I couldn't stop reading that book. It had been out for a few years. I'd seen it on like the shelves in Target. Right. Um but I was like I couldn't stop reading it. It was so tragic and sad and just fascinating but also like somehow maintained hopefulness yes throughout yes and maintained like that that kind of acceptance and love it's like she knows that what had happened in the past was wrong but like I don't know if I'd go so far as like forgiveness but like she knows that her family is the way that it is mm-hmm. and she knows how to approach them now and yeah the way that it's written it's like you you kind of have to keep reading because you need to know that like things are going to work out and uh, that was that was it's very heavy but a very good read and there's kind of a theme in my interests that I've noticed over the past couple of years and I don't remember what the formula or how it was broken down in my recommendations that I got from someone, but between where did the, where the crawdads sing educated and the great alone, there was like a very three of my favorite books of all time, all incredibly similar in a couple of different ways, but two of them being fiction, one of them being nonfiction, but like the survivalist oh yeah, in them and like Poverty. the coming of age and education being important. Like these themes I realized were, kind of playing out quite a bit in the books I was picking. And then I remember one of my friends saying that this book is a combination of these two books. And I was like, huh, I really liked these two books, but I don't remember which one. It was the three books, but I don't remember which one, if it was educated and where the crawdad saying created, like equaled the great alone or yeah. I love that. I love a Venn diagram in general. So anytime I can like put them together, I'm like, Ooh, look at the similarities. Right. (laughs) So if like you liked, um, the great alone by Kristen Hanna or where the crawdads sing by Delia Owen, Mm -hmm. um, the educated by Tara Westover is a really good nonfiction recommendation for you. If you're looking to actually get an experience similar to those fictional stories. Um, but yeah, very different reasons why I chose educated and, uh, wild. I love that though. Yeah. 
There's definitely something for, for everyone. And also being like mood readers, like we will gravitate towards them at different times. Exactly. Exactly. I read Where the Crawdads Sing. That was one of the first pandemic books I read. And then uh, a year later, I think I picked up Educated. And then like six months later, I picked up The Great Alone. Like, I think it's very important not to go into similar. Back to back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then also you're going to judge them based off of each other, which I don't feel like is fair to that individual book. Exactly. Um, some, some memoirs that I recommend other than those, um, I tried picking ones that you don't just see on the shelves of Target, you know, that are oh, yeah. very popular, um, because those are good for their reasons, but there are some other great ones out there. And <laughs> one of them is one that I read because of you and that's the busy Phillips memoir. Yay. I had always kind of liked her, even though her voice kind of annoyed me after a while. But like her memoir was just so fun. Oh, yeah. Her story was super entertaining. Like I just loved her. And I was sad that her like night show got canceled. I was too. I really liked that. Yeah, I love Busy Phillips. And like her memoir, she wrote it all by herself. And you can really tell like she it's it's how she talks mm-hmm. like it is written as though she's just speaking to you I think you said you listened to the audio right mm-hmm. I only I had the physical copy um but like I could hear her voice in my head even though like I wasn't listening to it oh yeah it wasn't like you were reading a book it was like you were having a conversation sitting on the couch like you and I are right now oh yeah and some memoirs are very much like that where you just full-on get the person full personality of the author and then there are other memoirs kind of like uh will by will smith his memoir that came out this past fall he definitely had someone (laughs) writing as he spoke to make it kind of a more professional eloquent book but it still has a lot of his personality but you can definitely tell that like there's a ghostwriter there. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Um, right. It makes it for kind of a little bit higher quality read. Oh, yeah. But a very different experience, you know. Um, I have another off. Well, I feel like it had been recommended, but now it's like fallen off the the go-tos. What you got? Um, no Happy Endings by Nora McInerney. And... She was a young widow, um, and so she got married to Aaron, and he um, had brain cancer or something, and they got pregnant as he was going through, like, crazy chemo and radiation and all sorts of things, and um, it's essays of, like, going through that, of of him passing and her finding love again. And also like, because she was in the spotlight, she's always been a writer and like wrote about his death, like her finding love again, like the drama of her being in a relationship, like how dare you like move on. Um, It's just very interesting. Like listening to how she dealt with grief and how she kind of guides people who don't know what to do for someone who's grieving like she has so many good recommendations. Like it's just not taught in our culture. We kind of just like, we don't talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, I just, I really loved her book and she's very darkly funny. 
So it's it's not just heavy. It's like it's darkly very humorous. <laughs> Books about grief and loss and stress and depression and anxiety. I get it. I get why people don't want to read about that kind of stuff. But when you read it sometimes, if you're reading it at like that perfect moment in time, books like that surprise you because oh, how because yeah. of how much you can resonate with it. You feel seen. <clears throat> yep. I was amazed. And one of the books um, that made me feel that way was, uh, oh my gosh, being, um, being mortal. Oh my God. Ooh, yes. Right. That's the name on, on being mortal on being mortal. Yes. Um, and that was about your love, like loss and elderly in nursing homes and, all of these things that like Americans go through with their parents as they age or not just Americans, but it was talking about our our society. society. Yeah. And I read that like two weeks before my grandfather passed away last year and was in a nursing home. Oof, Timing. It was really weird because it could have been like the worst thing to read at that moment or it, what ended up happening was it was the, best thing to read at that moment because I guess I read it about a month before my grandfather passed away and he he was ill and he was going through things and our family was going through these things and it was a really hard time and while it wasn't my father it was my mom and her siblings who were dealing with most of the problems it was like oh my god I had never felt so seen like as a loved one seeing it you know, happening in our family and the anxiety and stress that was happening and this doctor talking about this problem in our society. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) never would have thought this book. I don't think at any other time in my life, if I had read it, would have hit the same way. But because I read it when I did, right, it was like the perfect thing I could have ever read. You were looking at it with different eyes. Yep. So, you know, one of those things that I always try to, uh, give as a tip when picking your next book go off the vibes <laughs> if you're not feeling it don't read it like I had this book on my shelf for like six months and I was like no nope. Mm, nope when I finally picked it up it's the best thing oh yeah but these books are really off-putting when you read the back cover and you're like oh no no one wants to talk about this All right you know but then there are books that just are beautiful even if they're about sad sad subjects oh yeah you'd probably you should read the one that i was i also had saved for later but um late migrations you actually gave me that to borrow it's sitting on my shelf i have not started right no i have it here i just put it back on my shelf what am i thinking of oh i gave you the book migrations (laughs) (laughs) Too similar. Okay. Yes. What is Late Migrations? Uh, Late Migrations is uh, an essay or book of essays about grief and loss, but uh, about this woman from the South um, as like her, like she doesn't go through any spectacular, like she doesn't have this great big life. She's not famous. She's just like this average woman living her life and taking care of her family as they get older, taking care of her kids and just like all these different stages of grief. And like, there are things about 
suicide, mental health, mental illness, mental illness, and each chapter is kind of framed around a theme of a animal or a plant. Ooh. And there's like just the most beautiful illustrations in it. I got it because it was beautiful cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, how they get you. Right. And it has just this overall theme of nature and uh that's something that you should go home with today. I am definitely interested in that. That sounds awesome. You read it when you want to read it. Okay. At the right time. Yes. <laughs> go by go by those vibes. <laughs> uh any other uh recommendations? Oh man. Um do you want to stick with memoir or are you branching out? Well, how about do you have an area of nonfiction that you strictly stay away from? Wow. Um I can tell you that I don't read a lot of like war history. I was about to say, I, I don't read anything political. So well, I love <laughs> politics. I just, I don't enjoy war. Mm. <laughs> so I will read like biographies on presidents. I will read um, different political theories. I, that fascinates me. I, I love that stuff. I, I just can't do the like, my father-in-law loves World War II, mm-hmm. loves, and like he will read any book that even mentions it. And I'm just like, mm, no, no, I'm going to pass on that one. I'm sure it's great. But unless it has like something really to do with art or some like real like touching uh, personal story, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to stay away from it. World War II and like Civil War, there's such, I'm going to say it dad topics <laughs> and my husband they, he loves that kind of stuff joel oh, yeah. loves reading about war uh, about presidents and he even reads like fictional retellings of things of war oh and that God. kind of stuff and i'm like you are <laughs> such a nerd i love you <laughs> i accept you for who you are right we do um yeah mine uh, i do stay away from a lot of self-help stuff I don't know why I don't like to be told how to improve myself. <laughs> I will pay someone to tell me how to improve myself. Not a book. Not a book. Not a book. Yeah. Um, Although you did like, um, maybe you should talk to someone though. That is one of the top nonfiction books I've ever read. But I think it was because I didn't feel like it was preaching at me. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not guiding you. It's not trying to tell you what to do. Right. It's just being like, here are a bunch of people's uh, experiences. Here, Lori Gottlieb is the author. Here's my own experience. One, being a therapist, and two, like having my own life issues. Yeah, and being a human myself. Yeah. Like uh, that, I loved. I absolutely loved it because it was a balance between her being a therapist and her being in therapy. Right. So, like, that as a Libra was like gold for me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but it wasn't preaching at you to improve yourself. I mean, everyone you know should go to therapy. The title is accurate. True. <laughs> we should all go to therapy. Um but it was it was I it's self-help technically, but I did not feel like it was a traditional self-help book. Right. I I actually lumped it under science. Okay. In my thing. Yeah. Cuz it's like a psych book. Absolutely. There was a lot that you learned about the study of psychology and psychiatry in that book I loved that that was one of my favorite book club picks uh, that we've had since book club started 
I know that like I didn't write it, but I feel so proud that I that that was my pick. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we all liked it. I am like, Ugh. <laughs> I have no right to be this proud of a book that I didn't write. But I'm just like, yes, I did it. You should. I did it. I mean, I know you weren't there during Transcendent Kingdom's book club meeting recently, but that's how I felt about oh Transcendent God. Kingdom. I was like, yes, I picked a winner. Yeah, we all loved it. <laughs> Um, that one almost reads like nonfiction, but is fiction. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know how to, there are some nonfiction books that I've read that I just don't know how to categorize. So I like gave them like an overall just theme of history because they were about historical events or historic time periods. Right. Um, or about people in history. Right. I don't. Oh, yeah. Does that just kind of go all under history? I mean, it just depends on how you want to organize your own shelves. But yeah, I mean, that's how I kind of threw mine together, too. Yeah. There in another thing that like I encourage people to do if they ever are interested in nonfiction is like if there's a topic or a person or an activity that you do enjoy, there is a book about it. Oh, yeah. There is probably tons of books about it. Yep. And you never know, like you might end up enjoy learning about golf or whatever, painting. I don't know. There's a topic for all of it. Because when I looked at all of these books that I have categorized under history, I was like, this is the most random assortment of things ever. But they were all so interesting. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I liked, I liked, I didn't love Radium Girls. Okay. Yeah, I, I read that one as well, and I enjoyed learning yeah, from it. Right, like the actual historical facts about it, really cool. Is the book well-written? I didn't like it. Like, I think it's very well-researched. The execution was not... Uh, it was very dry, like surprisingly dry for the amount of fascinating information that was in it. I just felt like the author took a lot of liberty in assuming how a lot of the people in this oh, right. story would have reacted and would have felt. I mean, she did do her due diligence and research. It also ended up being repetitive too, though, because yes. it's like we would focus on one girl and what she was going through with like the, the breakdown of her, her body. And then you'd go to another girl and it would be the same thing, but a little bit different because maybe like her journal entries might've said something different. I had heard about that book, or I had heard about those girls in another podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. I want to know more. Honestly, I would have just, like, I would have been good with just sticking with what I learned from the podcast. Like, right. the book was interesting, but in the topic itself is just super sad, like, oh, yeah. how it all went down. But, like, definitely an important part of history I had never known and was glad that I learned more of. Right. Um, I feel like it would have been better as like a documentary. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. Um, one book uh, also kind of I, I categorized under this random history was a book that I got in the clubhouse downstairs, which. Ha you never know what you will find. Honestly, there. that is the it's like a garage sale of books down there. It's so random. Uh but I had heard about this topic in a podcast as well. And I was like, oh, this is a book about it? Cool. I, was rem I remember really being interested in this episode of this podcast. 
and it's called Dead Mountain. Uh, it's the story of the Dietlov Pass incident in the 60s. There were nine Russian hikers that went missing in the Dietlov Mountains. Oh, dang. And it was under very suspicious circumstances that they died. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. This book was so well written. I also listened to the audio on Audible, which was really good. And it was just like this random book down in the clubhouse just sitting there. And I was like, oh, my God. I listened to it in like two nights, I think. That's fascinating. If you're a hiker, probably don't want to read this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to hear the horror stories. But they went into theories about what happened to them. And they were actually very plausible. Like, will we ever know for sure what happened to these hikers? I encourage you to go find out (laughs) and find this book because uh, it was really interesting and very well written. I love an unexpected, um, like, very well written um, history. Like, so this is is recent history, but um, Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Um, He's an investigative... A journalist and he um oh my gosh the whole like Harry Weinstein and mm. and all of the like me too movement like he like uncovered so much stuff and his uh broadcasting network did not want to be the people to uh say all of this stuff they didn't want the backlash right. basically right um and so he wrote this book and the book reads like a thriller. Like that is one that I read in one day because I was like, holy crap, what's going to happen? But it's real. Like everything that happens happened. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like, I mean, it's hard to get so excited about something so brutal and awful in the world. But like also it helped so many people once it came out. Like it's, it was just wild how I feel like it was written like fiction, but it was it was all real. So that has that is actually on my I don't own it, but I want to read it. I don't read a lot of true crime, but that's one that I've seen really good things about. I feel like it would read almost like you're watching one of those Netflix docu series, and I love those. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. If you want to borrow it, it is on my shelves. <sighs> I, I like. I had borrowed it from the library, and then the second I was done, I ordered it. I was like, I need this on my shelf. You need the trophy on your shelf like a serial killer. So good. (laughs) Five-star read, I'm going to purchase it. Honestly, I don't know how many audiobooks, nonfiction audiobooks I have done that with. Um, A very punchable... Face by Colin Jost for the SNL oh, guy. Man. I loved that memoir. That's been on my list for a while and I've never gotten around to it. Oh, it's great. I had to, I ordered a copy off Thrift Books when it became available. Dang. Um, very funny. Very funny. Very well written. I, I mean, but Catch and Kill, that's on my list. Yeah. Another book that I had uh, listened to through Libby um, and then immediately bought because I felt like it changed my life (laughs) um was talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell Mm. and so I read that in 2020 I read it during the pandemic um it goes in like it kind of connects all of the stories to Sandra Bland who was pulled over um and she's a black woman she was pulled over 
um, near a university and she shouldn't have been arrested. She, she was and was found in a cell hanging uh, three days later. Um, and so like it goes into saying, I didn't really mean to get on this soapbox, but we're fine. Um, goes into saying that like if you talk to more strangers, if you try to find what is common with you instead of the di like being scared of the difference, because as humans, we are taught to be scared of differences. Like that's how we survived until now. Yeah. Like, but if we teach ourselves to try and find the common um, traits in each other or, you know, things that we get along with, like things would not have gone that way. And like, there's so many different stories within that book, but it was just like so powerful. Was that one of your ones that also encouraged you to go back into radiology school? Yes, indeed. Cause I was like, the world is so messed up. How do I, how can I be the change, be a part of the change? It's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And everything that you just said reminds me of um, a friend of ours, Ray. I don't know if you met her at the wedding. She, we were in Maine. We took our friend, Will, our friend, Ray, me and Joel, we all went to Maine together this year. And one of her key points of our trip, there are a ton of tolls out in, or in the East coast, oh, in yeah. the Northeast. Um, so, and she kept saying toll booth, toll booth workers are one of the main demographics that commit suicide. Oh my God. I don't know if that was like, she would say, she said something like that. I don't know if it was an actual statistic or maybe it was, she's very smart. I honestly wouldn't be surprised, but she kept being adamant about taking seven seconds or no saying seven words to every toll booth person that we came up to and in order to like connect with them because they don't get a lot of organic human conversation and connection wow, yeah. doing what they do. Cause it's like your two seconds. You just like throw your throw money, your money and you're gone. Like they don't get like, hi, how are you even usually like, so every toll booth worker that we came across, like it was Ray in the front seat and Joel would, or Will would be driving and she'd be like, say something like compliment them on their, and on their clothes or whatever. Like just, some sort of connection, like say something nice to make oh, their yeah. day just that much better. So it almost sounds like she got this inspiration directly from the book that you were just talking about almost. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if she, if there, if it is, but it's, it's so, you're so right that we, we focus on our differences. We fear those differences, but there are so many more similarities than oh, we yeah. realize that can connect you to each other. So I love that. That's so beautiful. I I love that she did that. I avoid contact with any human or conversation <laughs> unless it's about like two things, books and nerdy stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> um but when someone does show any sort of interest in something that you have physically on you or that you've previously had interest in, then how beautiful are those relationships afterwards. So, and you never know how much something will impact someone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, that's the fascinating thing. Cause like I've had customers that like just the timing of them coming in, like maybe it was right after I just got like yelled at for telling someone to wear a mask, you know, like 
And then they just say something like so thoughtful. And it's like, you, you have no idea, but you literally just changed my day around. Mm -hmm. Like I was going down a little spiral and like you walked in, said that, and I just gave you a coffee and now you're gone. But like, you've totally changed my outlook. Yep. And so those little moments have the biggest impact, honestly. Just a little bit of kindness goes a long way. Look at us. <laughs> um, uh, one book that made me feel kind of similarly to the books that you felt when reading and changing your kind of career and your goals was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Also a great audio. Oh, my God. He is the best entertainer, performer. Well, not the best, but like he's one of the best. And again, one of those situations where what's this like 50 year old dude going to like do to inspire me? Right. 27, 26 year old girl. I think when I read it at the time, that book was so inspirational. That man has lived. Yeah. Unapologetically. Oh yeah. And had like the coolest life has had the coolest life. I mean, he's still very young, but it, it was just so interesting. Also, like his outlook on everything was just like so refreshing. Mm -hmm. Like he did go through some really gnarly things, but like, I don't know, the way that he perceived them is not how I would have. I right. would have been like crushed. Right. And like, and he just, well, it's called green light because he says he, he's always looking for a green light. So he, keep, he keeps going. Mm -hmm. And like. So at the end of most of these like essays, I'm going to call them essays, chapters, whatever. Yeah. Um, he says green light. And it's just like, it's so charming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he has like the sexiest voice too. <laughs> Don't mind that. Right. But he, it was, it was like he, I think he was originally set on becoming a lawyer and then he was like, no, nah, I'm going to go be an actor in Hollywood. And he like struggled his way through Hollywood. And yeah, does every actor in Hollywood probably have a similar story Sure, but like his was just so cool and it was like don't be afraid to just go for it. You and know, like at one point he like thought about being a monk or something of mm -hmm. that nature. Like it's just his philosophy on life. It's so bizarre mm -hmm. and like so charming the way that he navigated his life. Like, yes, some things came easy. He is a very attractive white man. <laughs> and he even says it too. Yeah, he acknowledges his privilege. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just very, very well done memoir. And also it's like, yes, you don't have to like reveal everything to us to make a great memoir. But it's like, if we can tell that you are being vulnerable and open, I feel like that's what makes a good memoir to me. I blanket recommend that book like to everyone. Um, not just nonfiction lovers, not just memoir lovers, but like everyone who like just wants to have a good time while reading a book and maybe get some inspiration and feel a little bit relatable at the same time, even by someone like Matthew McConaughey who feels totally unrelatable. Right. You know, like these celebrity memoirs. Oscar winner. Yeah, these celebrity memoirs, which are really interesting. Um you, you don't go into it ever expecting to feel any sort of like connection to this person because like, look at them. They're at the Met Gala wearing this most ridiculous oh costume God. or something, you know? It's things that could only happen in your dreams. Right. But like they came from a normal 
home usually just like the rest of us, and they kind of always have an interesting perspective on things. Um, so Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, I recommend that to everyone. So good. Um, about you, any other favorites or recommendations? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm trying to think of like non-traditional non-fiction books. Um, ooh, so another, I'm going to put this under science. Um, science discovery, archaeology kind of thing. Um, the Lost City of the Monkey God by Douglas Preston. Um, my sister-in-law, Amanda, actually was like, you need to read this. You need to read this. And so it was like sitting on my shelf and sitting on my shelf. And uh, one day I picked it up and it was it was what I needed. It like it has it has photos of like and I love when the book has photos of like what has actually happened, like as they were uncovering it. Like it also reads as like a discovery, like like a fictional account of a discovery, like mm -hmm. journey to the center of the earth or something like it reads like so well like you could think that this they're talking about the new technology they're using like radar to see like through a plane like if they can go through all of this intense like forest it's not a forest it's like a tropical rainforest but like <laughs> it's in Honduras and they're discovering this this whole civilization that had never been uncovered before and it's like it recently like it's, it's wild it's bonkers that you can still discover these things and Douglas Preston is just like a very excellent writer at making that approachable, enjoyable, and like you are on that adventure with them and you feel the danger. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I, it's, so is it kind of, it's scientific in a lot of ways, but like still readable for a non-scientific mind? Oh yeah. Like yeah. he will, he will tell you like what things are actually called, but then he dumbs it down so that I can understand like what is happening. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, yes, I took like one archaeology class in college. <laughs> Am I an archaeologist? No. Right. Do I remember any of the terms? No. But like, so he will he will give you like what he's actually doing. And then he's like describing like, and this is what I mean. And it's just like, and you don't feel like you're being talked down to. Like sometimes it feels like they're unattainable because they're like scholarly level right. articles. But it's like, no, this is like, this is like, your friend's dad is telling you about old stories of when he was like adventuring, you know? Oh, that's so cool. It's, it's really cool. Uh, kind of probably one of my favorite nonfictions, one of my favorite books, uh, of the scientific nature as well. Braiding Sweetgrass. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is not even on my list. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Highly recommend uh, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. She's an indigenous author of the, I forget what nation is it? Mohawk? Iroquois? It's of Onondaga. It was in New York. Like yeah. she's actually from one of the indigenous communities in upstate New York or Western New York, which when I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, she's referencing places like actually near our hometown. The places that we've been. Yeah. And, um, and she is a botanist, I believe, right? Yep. And she weaves in her culture with um, the study of sweetgrass and nature and the chemical. She goes into the chemical side and the biological side of it, but mainly focusing on the cultural side of it and the lessons learned through her plants. Um, one of the most unique things I've ever read. It's so beautiful. Like, if you were to have told me, like, hey, 
read this book about Adirondack plants and how we affect them and how they affect us, I probably would have been like, what? Yeah. You want me to read a book about plants? But like, it is so poetic and I like, you feel so connected to the world as mm-hmm. you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Like I felt so small in the universe of things. And it, and that is such a pleasing experience for me as mm-hmm. a very tall human. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to feel like I am only part of the equation. I don't want to feel like I'm on the top of the food chain. You know, like right. it's just it was so beautiful. Yeah. I highly recommend. Um, it was lyrical, atmospheric. I mean, you felt like you were actually mm. in the ground working with your hands as she's like talking to you about sweetgrass, which I had no idea what that even was. <laughs> right. Um, honestly. Also like great first exposure if you haven't read anything by an indigenous author. Mm-hmm. Like she goes into lots of different things and it was, and it's so approachable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm not a scientific person. Um, at least in like the earth sense of it, but like it was very readable and the audiobook was beautiful. It was delightful. You know, uh, that kind of, I mean, that kind of rounds out most of the general nonfiction that I read. What about you? Is there anything outside of what we talked about that you still, I think that overall, like you're, your suggestion of if you find a person, a thing, a place, anything interesting, there's a book out there for you. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I really love the topic of death and dying. Mm-hmm. And like, there are so many different books, like um, the one that you had just suggested earlier on being mortal, being mortal. Thank you. Oh my God, my brain just short circuited. Um, then you can go to something like Stiff by Mary Roach, like talks about cadavers yep. and like the body and what happens to you, like mm-hmm. actually happens to you. Fascinating. Um, and then there's like When Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, which is like an autobiography of someone who worked in a crematorium. Like that, it's just, and those are very humorous stories, I will warn you. <laughs> it's dark humor and it is great. Um, but it's like all of those I would feel like are different kind of, books but they all fall under nonfiction, mm-hmm. and it's like my interest led me to all different kinds of nonfiction books and I definitely feel like if you feel like sitting down and reading a nonfiction book just does not seem enticing to you do an audio oh like yeah pick an audiobook written or narrated by the author or is got a good rating for the narrator because it makes all the difference in the world when reading nonfiction for me, at least like I almost exclusively listen to nonfiction. Um, so that's a tip from me. Definitely. And I think if you love a certain celebrity, whether it's an artist or like a musician, like they normally do narrate their own and it's, it's the best. So I hope that for those of you who read nonfiction, this gives you inspiration for new areas of nonfiction to explore. And I hope for those of you that don't read nonfiction, that this inspires you to maybe give it a shot. Yeah, pick up a pick up a good one. Right. All right, Kat, would you like to bookend our episode for today? I would love to. <laughs>
literary carry. I would like to let you know that she danced to that. It was, it's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>